This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. The very, very deep Zayar. Then we'll get into the Kavayasha on Shruis, which is, I think, Ayin Beis. Tali Beis? Ayin Beis? Ayin Beis? Tali Beis? Tali Beis. Tali Beis. Then we'll get into Tali Beis. So, the Zayar on Rus, the Zayar on Rus, has a very different translation of what's going on. It's really talking about an neshama that comes to this world. Let me get the words in Rus that it says. Where Rus says, she says, Shevnei Benoisai, go back, right? We'll talk about it a little bit later. I want to start off with this, with the Zayah. We're going to talk about the difference two people in the same position at the same time. Rus is on one side, Arpa's on the other side. They're hugging Naomi, and Naomi asks them to leave. They don't. Then Naomi asks them to leave a second time, and the second time they do. And Arpa steps to the right, and Rus steps to the left. Arpa steps out, and Rus steps in. Mama's the same moment, same time. Same everything, same daughters of Moab, the king of Moab, same position, and what happens to one, what happens to the other. But before we get into that, I want to learn a very fascinating, um, a very fascinating Zayar on Rus. If you want to look it up yourself, it's the Medr, it's, uh, Rus Daf Tzadik Beis Amanalif. He says the following, he talks about before a person comes to this world. It's very fascinating. And he brings it down from the Rizal and Sefer Gugulim. And it says that in Tehillim Chaf Beis, Perichav Beis, Pasuk Chaf Aleph, Dawud Amelach says the following: Hetzila mecherev nafshi, miyad kelavichidasi. Dawud Amelach says, "Please save me from the sword. Save me from the dog." What dog was Dawud Amelach worried about that he wrote about in Tehillim? He says, "Hineida ki b'tzeisan neshamah meyelam azeh." When the neshama, when a person dies in this world, and his soul leaves this world, and the soul wants now to go to the next world, to the master, to Hashem. The soul has to travel for three days. Try the first three days of, the first three days of Shiva are the hardest three days for the people and for the soul. He says the soul has to travel through a very dark, dark, dark place. When the soul wants to go up, and it goes into this darkness, there are very bad wild animals, spiritual wild animals, who are watching this derech that this neshama is supposed to take to the next world. Why? Why are there why are there animals, spiritual animals that could rip a Nisham apart? Why are they guarding? Why are they there? He says, because the same road can take the same road leads to Yushalayim Shamaila. Yushalayim in the next world. And we know the Yushalayim in the next world is above the Yushalayim in our world. All the pure tzaddikim who are going to Yushalayim Shamaila can also go on that road. So the animals guard it that the bad people shouldn't make like a little detour and go up the road to 
Yishalayim Shalmaila. It says, the but from this road there's another road. is Derech Gehenim. And that road leads to hell, to Gehenim. And this road to hell has 36,000 roads that, lead, that go out of that road. And when these two roads go in different directions, one's going to Ganeidim, one's going to Yushalayim Shemayla, the other one's going towards Gehenim, 36,000 roads coming out of it. There are many different spiritual animals that mirror the spirit, the, the physical animals, arayas, lions, vinimarim, bears, the haklavim, but the dogs, shemimetz eladrachim, the dogs watch these two paths, to make sure that the only ones that go up to Ganeiden, to Shalayim, Shalmaila, are pure neshamas. Ulechatev is the neshamas acheros, and to sort of chase all other souls. And to take them to hell, to Gehenim, to be Makabal their punishment. So he says, he says the following. Rebbe, Rebbe says, that when a person, um, comes into this world and his, his mother becomes pregnant, right? So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu slowly as the as the uber as the as the uh, the baby inside the mother's womb begins to grow, Kishbaruchu puts into him ruach and the nefesh slowly. Vener niten al roishay balayla, and above the baby's head is a light. And this light lights him the way during the day. So during the day, he has this Amud Ha'anon, so to say, like Klaishal have, whatever that means. And, uh, at night he has this Amud Eish. How do we know this? Because it says, Kiner Mitzvah Torah Or. There's a Ner, there's a, there's a candle. Every person has this, we can't see it, but everybody has this. When a person dies, that candle goes out, and that's where we light him, we light him other candles. Okay. So he says the Malchus that at night is, Reigning the world, the kingdom of the world, is called the Der Mitzvah, and that's lights for the child at night in the dark, and the one that's during the day is called Torah Or. And they teach the child in the, in the womb of the mother, the whole Torah. And they teach him, not only Torah, but they teach him how to keep the mitzvahs when he's in this world. They take this soul, this baby, to the crossroads of the two ways. The one that goes to Gan Eden, and the one that goes to Gehenim. For and they say to the Neshama, This is the derech that's called night. It's a, it's a traveling of six days, of three days, and it's dark. And it tells the neshama that every neshama that comes to the next world has to go through this way. Whether they're great or whether they're small, that's where they are. Shamhu, that's where they have to be. At that separation of the ways, you can see who is Khashiv, who is important, and who is low.
The greatness is a greatness forever. And the lowness is a lowness forever. Kisham, because there. You can't, and, that, and once you're there, once you leave this world, you can't do mitzvahs anymore. It's too late. Because the day to do them, today is the day to do them, when you're alive, when you're here. And the future, the next world, is where you collect your dividends. Rabbi Salam, he says, the Zion says, of Shimon Ba'ichoi, I learned this when I was in, when I was in Maron for Shabbos, I sat and I learned this, this, the Zayar on Rus, it's an Indian to learn Zayar when you're by Rashim Ha'chai. And this was the first Zayar on Rus. And he says, I want you to know, Shekol HaNashamoyth Bein Shal Tzadikim Ubein Shal Rasham. All the Nashamos, whether good or bad, Shrikas Lama Derech HaChai Shekhahi, have to travel through that dark passage for those three days. Okay? Umarin Loi Balayla, Bamuda Eish, Hamera Roshay, and they show to this child, through the candle that's on his head, in this darkness, because now they're in this derech of darkness, how many bears and leopards and lions and destructive angels are sitting there. And there's these dogs who are the guardians of the derech. When they feel that a soul is coming, to Akim, they begin to cry, to scream, to bark. And if the person did Averis when he was in this world, after these dogs bark, the, the bad Malachim and all these Chayas come and they grab the soul because he belongs to them. This is the dog that David Amelech spoke about in Tehillim. He said, Save me from these dogs that want to take me to Gehenna. This travel is the darkness of three days. The names of these dark malachim who are dangerous malachim are called Lelos. And Shlomo Melech also speaks about the pachad of Lelos. And he was talking, when he spoke about that, he was talking about... Um, he was talking about these terrible malachim. So every person, when he leaves this world, you have to travel for three days in this darkness. And in the end, you're either going to go up a, a road to Ganadin, to Yushalayim, or Chas Shalom the other way. And that Hashem tells this neshama, tells the person, that in this world, every time you do a mitzvah, you create a good malach. As it says in Pirkei Yavah, so Oise Mitzvah Achas Kainoi Praklik Echad. person does one mitzvah, gets a, gets a, a defending malach. He says, When you come to this dark place, Since you were, you did mitzvahs in this world, you did good things, They, they scream for you. Sailu, sailu. Right? You should be protected. They shouldn't be able to capture you. They shouldn't be able to do anything from you. Clean up all the rocks and stones on the derech because there's a big tzaddik coming. Well, Ozzy says, 
if you did mitzvahs in this world, the Malachi Chabala, the danger, these angels, these destructive angels, can have no effect on you. Because when the person is going through that derech, if he has mitzvahs to protect him, the then he's able to, can you give me a sitter for a moment? He's able to go to Ganeiden. He says, and therefore, in Tiske that if a person learns Torah, we call ice for ice from every letter, that you learn Torah, you create a Malach, who will help you through, who will guide you through this terrible dark place. And the Torah that you're learning is also considered a Derech. Go in this way, learn Torah and do mitzvahs, so they won't be able to affect you. It says, So it sounds like it's pretty scared after a person leaves this world, right? And now the last thing they do for this neshama before they, before that baby comes out and cries its first voice, right? The last thing, Hashem takes this neshama, he shows the, um, the now he showed him Gehenna, but now he's showing him Ganeiden. And they make the Neshama swear that it will that it will keep the whole Torah like it says in the need the And they, they they make him swear that. He'll be a tzaddik, and he will not be a rasha. Okay. Some more very deep stuff. We're not going to go there. And he goes on, he says the following. In Yiska Adam, if a person has this chus, be a tzaddik, and while he's in this world, he's a tzaddik, with good deeds, and he knows the name of HaKadosh Baruch In other words, the person that makes brachas, that he damns Hashem, he knows, who I, he knows the name of Hashem. That the Torah, every word in the Torah is a name, is the name of Hashem. What do they say to him when he leaves the world? From the, the that that derech that's that's dark like the night, he will be protected. Ki be because he was busy. Hashem said he was busy with me. The kiva mitzvahs and ma'isim toivim, and therefore he doesn't have anything to worry about. Now, here's where he connects to Rus. Okay, so so far, what does this desire have to do with Rus? Nothing, right? But now here's where the desire connects this whole thing to Rus, and he says the following: Im yiska adam if the person is not zaycha to learn Torah and to do good deeds and to put on tefillin and to daven, when he leaves the world, they lead him into this dark road. And the malachim in that place, they're, they're shaking. But Yomru and the malachim are saying the following. The chizais na'ami, is this na'ami now in... So Naomi goes, Naomi goes to Beis Lechem, very, very rich. She has Elimelech with her. She has her two children, Machlon and Kilion. She has, 
she has Arpa and Rus, right? And she goes very, very rich. But when she comes back, when she comes back, they say, by time I am, by time I am, and Pasik Chaf, she says to them, to the, when she's coming back now to Israel, she lost her son, she lost her husband, she lost all her money, she had nothing. By time I am, she says to them, I'll take Jewish people, don't call me Naomi. Naomi means, Naomi means beautiful, pleasant. Don't call me Naomi. Currently, Mara, call me bitter. Because Hashem embittered me very much. Now, we know that she was a big Tadekista. So Chazal asked the question, how could she come back and tell everyone she's bitter? That's not, you're supposed to, you're supposed to accept everything from Hashem. So the Chazal say, she wanted everyone to know that she's coming back bitter, that she lost everything, because they had done a big Avera. Kleistrel needed tzedakah. They came to Elimelech's house, and he wouldn't give them, right? He wouldn't give them anything. And they left, and they didn't help the Jewish nation. So she wanted everyone here to learn a lesson. That I left Naomi with all my money, with my whole family, and I'm coming back Mara, that you shouldn't do what I did. So it was, not that she was bitter, but she was showing them that if you, if you did what I do, Taka, you're gonna lose everything. But then she says, I, 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 I went full. And I came back empty. Hashem Lamo, Nami, why would you call me Naomi, Hashem Anabi, Vishaka Herali? So this is what the Zaire is talking about. The Zaire is talking about that Naomi is a person's neshama. Okay? And the neshama is sent to the world with everything. It learns the whole Torah. Baruch Hashem with arms to put on tefillin, a mouth to daven, right? Eyes to learn Torah, a brain to, to learn Torah. So we're sent with everyone, with everything, right? So the neshama is saying when he comes back, I went to this world Full. I swore I'm going to keep the tire of the mitzvahs. I came to this world full, says the Zoya. But I came back empty. I was busy with my movies, my girls, my television, my iPhones. You can't bring them to the next world. The next world is no iPhones, no girls, nothing. You come back. So, so, so the Zoya is saying it's much deeper with over here. Naomi says, I was beautiful. Well, then Hashem, I was holy, I was clean. I had my potential, my hope. I'm able to do all the mitzvahs, I'm able to do everything. But I came back empty. Hashem, I'm not beautiful anymore. I'm not beautiful anymore. And that's what the Zayar is saying. Well, that's how the Zayar gets, gets involved over here. The Zayar is saying that it's much deeper what it's saying in Miguel Asrus. That really Naomi, Naomi is, is a neshama. That's why he gets to this whole thing. That Naomi is a neshama. The chizaiti oisa neshama nikras Naomi. That a person's soul is called Naomi. It left this place. It left Shemayim. It left Ganadin. Right? Meleya mikol taiv. Full of, full of hope. Full of everything good. Meleya b'tayra. Hashem taught you the tayra in your mother's, in your mother's womb before you got here. Right? And Hashem put a special Amur Anon for the baby to, to, to be able to see the day. And I came back. She came back without Elimelech. She came back empty. She came back with nothing. 
So he says, very interesting, Heshiva HaNeshama. So now the Neshama came back and he's talking like Naomi, he's empty and he's rakeum and he's, he's got hours and hundreds and thousands of hours of wasted time. Comes back with so much wasted time. But, but, but the Neshama has a taina to Hashem. The Neshama has an answer to Hashem. Right? Rekem Heshivane, came back empty. Boy, it's a shah. So the Neshama says, but You gave me a Yetzahara. You gave me a Yetzahara. So what am I supposed to do? The Neshama says to its two daughters, so to say, Now there's a Neshama, there's a Nefesh, an animal. Nefesh is something that gives life. Tree has a Nefesh, animal has a Nefesh, not a Neshama. So he says, there are two nefeshes in a person. Right? There's a nefesh ha-sichlis, intelligence. Ha-nikri rus, it's called rus. The nefesh ha-behema, the nefesh that wants physical activity and drinking and food. Right? That's the nefesh of the behema. Ha-nikri arpa. That nefesh is called arpa. So he says, rus takadavka boy. Ruf, Ruf, who's the nefesh ha-sichlis, the mentality, right? So, Ruf says, I don't know if I want to go, I want to go back to another Gilgul, because it doesn't make sense. If I did this amount of Averis, I go back for another Gilgul, come back to this world, I might come back a lot worse. I may, I did a hundred Averis, a thousand Averis, I come back to this world today with, with technology, I may end up with, with a million. But the other neshama, right, the other neshama, the, the, the neshama of the guf, Wants to come back, wants to eat again, drink again, party, right? But it doesn't because it rots in the ground, he says. He says, and the whole time that a person, that the body is still in the ground, the neshama ha-bahamis, that neshama stays in the ground with it. And in the end, it's very, very sad, in the end, he says after three days, the guf, the neshama of the guf, gives back to the earth what it took from the earth. It says that the, the person's stomach opens up after three days and all the food, the guts, all that comes out. And the neshama says to the earth, I ate, I, my whole life I ate from you, but you gave me fruits and vegetables and wheat and flour and all the things that I ate that I got from the earth. Now I'm returning it to you. And that's talking what happens. And the neshama of the guf is, 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 is stuck. It doesn't, doesn't get a gilgo. And that, he says, that, that is arpa. That is arpa. But what does that, what, what does that mean that that is arpa? So, we have to understand a little bit what happened over here. I spoke to the girls about this all week this week. So, you have these two people in the same spot, coming from the same place. They're both the daughters of the king of of Moab. They're both hanging on, right? And it's such an unbelievable lesson. They're both hanging on to Naomi. Naomi's like the good person, the Sadiqs, right? So they're both, they're both hanging on to Naomi. They're both coming from the same place. And they're both saying, we want to stick. We want to stay with you. We don't want to leave, right? Now Naomi is going to try to talk them out of it. So she says to them, go back to your nations. You're both princesses. What do you, what do you want to stick for, right? So do I have, do I still have babies that I'm going to give birth to that you're going to be able to marry? Uh, no. Shabnai Benoisai. Go, Kizakanti Miyosliyich. 
So the second time she says this, but to say they both cry, they both raise their voice, but the they cried, oid, but Tishak she gives her a big kiss, I love you, I love you so much. Daughter or mother in law, it's pretty good, no? She gives Arpa a big kiss, and then she leaves. Murus Dafkaba. Ruth holds on. What happened that night? Two people, same position. One steps out, one steps in. Arpa steps out, Ruth steps in. One night, what could have happened already, right? They were just holding on to her, they were just hugging her. Says the Medrish, that that night Arpa was with a hundred men and a dog. She fell so far that she slept that night with a hundred men and a caliph. Later on, which we'll talk about a little bit, when David Amelach meets Goliath, she became pregnant that night. She became pregnant that night from the hundred men, one of the men. And she became pregnant and she had this huge giant as a child, which was Goliath. Because she held on to Arpa and she kissed her. HaKadosh Baruch said in reward for that, you will have a child that will be the greatest warrior that ever lived and nobody in the world will have the Kayak to kill him. The Kachaya, nobody, nobody could kill Goliath. Except the one that held on to Naomi longer than you. And that was Rus. So the only one who could kill Goliath was Dabra Melach. There was no other human in the world, and they didn't know that when they met each other. Now, what I told the girls is that you think sometimes, you know, you make up your mind and you change and you hold on, and we know how hard it is to hold on, and you hold on and your friends are like, come on, you know, you stop going to movies, but come on, we're going to go to a good movie. You know, just come with us once, it's not a big deal. You know, just smoke up one time. We're not asking to be a drug addict anymore. Right? So there are other guys who hold on. They're like, no. Absolutely not. I, I'm already clean for so long. Absolutely not. I'm not doing it. And then there are other guys that you can talk into. Let go. And you think to yourself, I'm going to let go one time. Big deal. I have a friend. Stopped smoking 30 years ago. 30 years he stopped smoking. And now, he smokes like a chimney. What happened? 30 years! And now, every, now at our age, 50 years old, it's when you stop. Right? That's when you're ready, grandchildren, you're like, I don't know if I want to get sick. Right? When you're 20, you figure you can, you're going to live forever. When you're 50, you're ready, you're halfway, you're ready, chazi chazi, you know what I mean? You're 50 years old already, you're looking on the other side. So, what happened? He was going through crazy pressure. Crazy pressure. So he decided, the guys were smoking, since I'm under all this pressure, what's one cigarette going to do? I haven't smoked in 30 years. One cigarette. Now he's chain smoking again. Because, and this is what happened with Arpa. You let go, right? Rush did not let go. Arpa let go. So you think, she let go, no, what's going to be? She's going to go home. She's going to go off the derech. She's going to write. No. It didn't take two minutes. She went home that night. She did crazy averus with a dog. Crazy averus. Right? She let go. And what happened to the girl that stuck? The girl that said, you're not talking me out of this. I'm sticking. Became the great-great-grandmother of David HaMelech. The great-great-grandmother of Mashiach Ben David. What's the difference? 
One let go and one hung on. That's it. That's the whole difference. The difference between successful people and not successful people are the people who hold on and the people who let go. But Noah Weinberg, Asia Torah, pretty successful, no? Pretty big. Around the world. Noah Weinberg said that he failed. He opened seven or nine yeshivas before Asia Torah. He opened it up, they went bankrupt. He opened another one, it went bankrupt. He opened another one. Guys, it whittled down to nobody. But he never let go. So until he hit Eshat Torah, he had many failures. I just saw in a book, what's success? What's the translation of success? Falling seven times and getting up eight. What's, what's, the, what's the definition of failure? Falling seven times and staying down. So the, pers- the people who stick, it's the same thing with a Seder. You make up, you're going to learn a half an hour a day. How many guys have started and gone and gone? And then they're like, you know what? Today I have a meeting, today I have a bris, today I have this. And all of a sudden they broke it two or three times. They're not doing it anymore. I know a guy didn't, didn't miss minion for like 15 years. I spoke about this a few years ago. And he missed one mincha. One mincha for whatever reason. And he doesn't go to, he doesn't go to minion anymore. I'm like, are you crazy? You didn't miss minion for 15 years? He goes, no, but I broke it. And you know, once I broke it, forget about it. So you broke it once, so go back in. Don't let go. That's the difference. The difference between successful people and not whether it's spiritually or physically or financially is the people who can get talked out of, right? Not only talked her out of it, go home. She went home. And Rus, who didn't let go. And not only that Rus didn't let go, but Rus caused something by not letting go because she made a statement. And she said, she didn't not only not let go, she said the following. She said, Ameich Ami, your nation is my nation, and your God is my God. So she didn't only let go, but she made a statement. She said, she wasn't a Jew yet at this point. She said, is going to be my nation. Your nation, Ami, is my nation. And your God is my God. Let me tell you what that statement did. Much, much later on, much, much later on. Let me tell you the David Amelach, the fight that he had with the Yisud Beis, with Goliath. No, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Here we go. Navy Dick. Unbelievable. Listen to this. <coughs> Tell you an unbelievable measures tonight on our car satov. Okay. So his huge plishti, Goliath, his huge giant war machine, right? The Medrash says, I don't know, thousands and thousands of pounds of armor that he was, that he was just walking with. It was how much he weighed. I don't know, I don't know they figured out, the article figured out. It was like, like a crazy amount of, of, of weaponry this man had. He had a mace and he had a sword and he had a javelin and he, he was like, he couldn't carry all his weapons. He had a, he had a weapon carrier. He had a weapon carrier, right? So, this Plishti gets up and he starts making fun. He says he did it in the morning when the Jews were saying Kriyashma, right? 
he started making fun of Klai Yisrael. Here, listen to this. He was six amos tall. You know what six amos tall is? Twelve feet tall. David Amelech was very short and blue eyes and red hair. And this guy, how do we know David Amelech was short? Because it brings down the Mepharshim that he put on, Shaul was much bigger than him and he put on Shaul's armor to go against Goliath and the armor shrunk to fit David and that's when Shaul realized that David Amelech was taking away his Malchus. He was not happy about it. And David Amelech saw it and David Amelech said, you know what, I really don't, I, I can't walk around, this stuff is too heavy. I don't want to wear armor, says the Navi. So he took it off and he gave it back to Shaul because he realized that the minute it shrunk on him and fit him, that Shaul was very jealous. Shaul realized why is his armor fitting? Why is it shrinking and fitting? It must be he's going to be the next, mel- next Melech. But that was very smart. He saw the jealousy. So he immediately took it off. Right? So, Rekobah Nechosh Rosho, and I don't know what this weight is, but it's a crazy weight. His armor weighed 5,000 shkolem of copper. Crazy, crazy weight. Anyway, he was an indestructible war machine. He had a chait... He had, he had, his chait weighed 600 shkolem. Anyway, he gets up in the morning and he says, I am the plishti, you are the servants of Shaul, find yourself a man that will fight me. If I win, Klaishro belongs to the plishtim, if you win, the plishtim belongs to Klaishro. And he cursed Hashem, and he cursed the Jews. Dubbin heard about this. Now Dubbin was a, a, a shepherd, not a warrior. A shepherd out in the desert in Bethlehem because Klaishel thought that he was a mamzer because his mother got pregnant when she was separated from her husband even though she made a switch as we know that when Boaz married Rus they gave her bracha to Boaz and Rus your house should be rachel and leah they wanted Yishai to have a kosher child so they had a shifcha he had a shifcha and they wanted the shifcha to marry Yishai and Yishai's wife said my, my husband David didn't have Eira he should marry a shifcha so that night she switched with her she paid her off she switched her and she became pregnant and everybody said how could she be pregnant she was separated she got pregnant it must be Eish and of course HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the Dabra Melech was born with red hair and blue eyes and all the other ones were Svardim dark dark hair and dark eyes and they said of course he has red hair he's a Mamzer he's from a different a different man along came Shmuel and Shmuel said no he's no Mamzer he's the chosen okay but until then so Dabra Melech was not loved he was separated he was out in the desert Okay, so here is about this. He's very upset. So, all the other Jewish men, his Dominic brothers were big soldiers, and Shaul was an unbelievable warrior, right? All the Jewish nation, when they looked at this man, this giant, they ran away from him. But Yerumai, they were very scared. Okay, so nobody, he made a challenge to the Jews, and everybody was chicken. Nobody went up against them. Okay. So, David HaMelech comes to Shaul. So David now, this little boy, he was a nah, I think he was 17 years old, maybe younger. What? This was way before Shaul's alive. Way before. He was a little boy, I think he was 17. So, David HaMelech, don't worry, Shaul. Don't be nervous about this guy. I'll go. 
I'll fight this Pushti. Was this before or after he was told that Dara was going to take his place? He wasn't told, no, no, he doesn't know nothing at this point. That was a young boy. It's way before anything happened. It's way before anything happened. Not yet. Right now, right now, Dovid's coming, he's a shepherd, he's like, I'm going to take this guy down. The Yom Hashol of David, what are you talking about? Are you kidding me? We're going to put the whole Jewish nation, because if we lose the one-on-one, they take all the Jews. He said, you? You're a little boy. This guy's been a fighting machine since he's young. So Shaul said, absolutely not. You are not representing us. You're not a warrior, you're a shepherd. David said to Shaul, you're right, I'm a shepherd. I was a shepherd to my father, I was watching his sheep, and one day, a lion and a bear attacked. And they grabbed one of my lambs. From the flock. I ran after him. And I hit him. I beat him. And I took the lamb out of his mouth. And the, he says to Shaul, and the lion and the, and the bear were very not happy. They turned on me. I grabbed the, the lion's mane. And I Beat him till I killed him. Gamasari, Gamasadov. I killed the lion and I killed the bear. I think from what I remember, he was wearing something from them that you that you could see that Itaka did it. I don't remember exactly, but I know that it says No, 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 no. He wore something. I don't, I don't. I don't remember. I have to look it up. But okay. Anyway, so he says. So I killed them both. To me, this plishti, this giant, is like one of them. He made fun of God's cholesterol. Our lies at Elokim Chaim. Now here comes the statement. So very nice, you kill the bear and you kill a lion. I'm not putting you up against a soldier who's indestructible. But Yom David and David said, Hashem, God, the same God that saved me from the lion and the bear, who yet God can do this, God can do this. I'll tell you what happened today. I went to the doctor. Listen to this. I went to the doctor, same line. I went to the doctor today, I have a terrible sore throat. I was sure my grandchildren all have strep. I'm sure I have strep, right? So, I said to him, I hope I have strep. He says, why? I said, I take a Z-Pack, four days, it's gone. If it's a virus, right? So the doctor looks at me and he says, you think the Z, so you're, you don't need Hashem. So he tells me, you don't need Hashem if you have strep. If you have a Z-pack. You only need Hashem if you have a virus. If you have a virus, you need Hashem. He says, you really think the Z-pack works? He says, it's a trilo that you say because medicine that Hashem gave us in this world, it really doesn't work. It really doesn't work. 
It's really nothing. Hashem hides in the medicine so that you don't see what he's doing. He said, there's no difference between getting better from a Z-pack and having a virus and it runs its course and it, and it goes away. He says, to Hashem, a virus and strep is no difference. So I don't know why you're praying for strep. That's what Dovan Amelov said. Dovan Amelov said to Shaul, Manashtana, a lion, a bear, a gullius, a mosquito, a spider, an ant. The, the strength that I have to, to destroy any of these things, it's all coming from the same God. So to God, to God, there's no difference. So this is what he says. Uh-huh. If that's how you feel, Lech go, Hashem Yeimach, and Hashem will be with you. So what changed? What changed Shoal's mind? Did David Amelech killing a lion and a bear change his mind? No. That wasn't what David Amelech was trying to tell Shoal that, oh my gosh, I killed a lion and a bear. Because that's not a riot that you're going to kill a warrior that's indestructible. But what he was saying with the killing the lion and the bear is that what's the difference? Kill a lion, kill a bear, kill a gullius. It's all coming from Hashem. And I'm coming with Hashem, I have nothing to worry about. That's what hit Shaul. Guys, where did that come from? David Melech was thrown out, he was out in Bethlehem by himself. Where did this come from? This, this crazy strength, the whole Kleinstrol stood there and didn't do anything. Yishai didn't do it, Shaul didn't do anything. Shmuel Nabi didn't, nobody did anything. Everybody stood there and listened to this guy, badmouth the Jewish nation and God. Where did Dabra Melech get the strength, a young kid, to get up here and go against Goliath? Because his great-grandmother, many years before, held on to Naomi and made a statement. Your God is my God. The DNA from that statement, that your God is my God and your nation is my nation, that came all the way down to a great grandchild, Dabar Melech. You don't mess with my great grandmother, because my great grandmother said that God is my God, Kleistrel is my Kleistrel. Therefore, how dare this giant get up and make fun of my nation? Part of his complaint to Shaul was the Marochas of Yisrael, not just Hashem. How dare he get up and badmouth my nation and my God? Where did that come from? It came from a woman, instead of walking away, holding on and making a statement that my God, your God is my God, and, and there's no Shiloh. That the greatness that we have in this generation, in Tyra and in Mitzvahs, even though we have a lot of kids going off, but there's a lot of kids that are going on, and there's, a, there's, a, there's more tefillah and davening than we've ever had. Where does that come from? No, Shiloh, from the people who went through the Holocaust, who did not, who did not do an ARPA, who did not get up and step away and walk away. But they held on, and they came to America, and they held on to Shabbos, and they held on to Tillin, and they held on to learning, and they held on to davening, and now look what's going on with the Dafyaymi and everything that we have. Yes, we have a lot of problems, but we have a lot more people doing the right thing. That comes from holding on, vidafkabo. That comes from not stepping away. This is where Dabana Melech got his kayach. Let me just finish here. Okay. So, he takes his stick. He takes five stones, which I'll tell you what the Navi says, what the, what, what the, and we'll finish with that, what the Medrash says about these five stones. And the Plishti steps out from all the people. Right? The Karav el David. 
and he's getting close to David, and he has his nice at seat on the front of him. He has his weapons carrier with him because he had all these weapons. And the Pushti stared. But Yira is David, and he saw David. And he made fun of him. Because he was young. And he was a redhead. And he was very beautiful. And the Rav Chaim Vital says that David Amelov's eyes, David Amelov's eyes were the most fascinating eyes ever created. That every color of the rainbow, every color of the, of the prism, Roy Gabiv, all those different colors were all in his eyes. His eyes were made up of all these different colors. And he said that if he looked at someone that was bad, he was able to do, to, to affect him. And if he looked at it after a tzaddik, he was able to affect him. He said, his eyes, you couldn't look into his eyes, says, says Rav Chaim Vital. His eyes were made out of all the colors of the rainbow. So, he says here, He was pretty boy. That's what, that's what, the, that's what the Navi says. He was redhead, a young boy, a pretty boy. Okay? Do you think I'm a dog? Says the Medrash. Do you think that I'm from the, my mother? Now his mother was Arpa. Davramel's great grandmother was Rus. Okay? But his mother was Arpa. So he said to Davramelech, you think I came from the dog? From that night? What are you trying to make fun of me? You're trying to make, trying to say that I'm the one that my mother got pregnant from a dog, and that's why you're coming at me with a stick? Because what do you, what do you do when you're fighting a dog? You use a stick. So he was like very insulted. Like, that's what you're trying to say? Right? Am I a dog? You have to boil out the maklois? That you come at me with sticks? And the plishti cursed David in the name of his God. And the plishti said to David, Come here. You come here, little kid. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take your meat. And I'm going to feed it to the birds and the behemoths of the field. The minute David Melech heard this, he knew that he would win. How did he know that he would win? Because what comes out of a person's mouth is a nevuah. And Goliath said, I'm going to kill you, feed you to the birds, and feed you to the behemoths. Now, if that could be true, then David Amalek has to be worried about something. But if he's saying something that can't be true, that means that he's never going to feed them to the birds. What did he say? I'm going to feed you to the birds and the behemoths. Behemoths are domestic animals. Cows, goats, right? They don't eat meat. So when Goliath got up and said, I'm going to feed your meat to the birds and to the behemoths, David Amalek said, I'm going to win this fight. Because it can't come true. Because you wouldn't, you can't feed my meat to, to a cow. He won't eat the meat. Now he got a lot of kayach. And David said to the Pelishti, and this is very important, You're coming to me with a sword and a, and a mace and a, and, and a spear. And I'm coming to you with the name of Hashem. Today I will kill you. I will remove your head. And I will give it to the birds and to the wild animals that do eat meat. And now he says the following. He says, my nation knows not with a sword or a mace. Yoshia Hashem, do you win a war? Does Hashem save you? This war is not my war. This is God's war. But Nasan Eschem and 
you will, you will give us in our hands. So David Melech, he says to David Melech, you come at me with a, with a stick, the five stones he had hidden, the slingshot, you come at me with a stick, what do you think, I'm a dog? What did David Melech answer? He should have answered, that's right, I'm going to take you down with a stick. David Melech said something unbelievable. David Melech said, I'm not even going to take you down with a stick. There's no stick. The stick is in my hand. I'm not even taking you down with a stick. His answer was, his answer was, right? I don't have no stick. I don't have any weapons. I am fighting you with the name of Hashem. Not even a stick. You're telling me I'm fighting you with a stick when you think I'm a dog. No, man. The stick is just for show. I'm fighting you with the name of Hashem. This came from Rus. Your God is my God. This came from Rus to have a great-grandchild that didn't even say, listen, I'll take you down with a slingshot. No. He said, I, I don't need any weapons. You're coming at me with all these weapons. I don't need anything. I only have a Kurdish Baruch. That's Malchus Shabbat Malchus. That's Mashiach. That's, that's Dabar HaMalach. And that Kayach came from the DNA of his great-grandmother who just held on an extra second. One extra second and she had a great-grandson that took down someone that nobody else could take down. And as you all know, and I'll end with this Medrash, as you all know, he took out five rocks and he slingshotted one of the rocks. The fantastic measure. I just said this. What I said in Milwaukee, like one of the Rishi Shiva said, I have to see this. I showed it to him. And my mom just brings down a measure. It's fantastic. Listen to this. So what were these five rocks? He says he chose. He chose five rocks. So one measure says, he, he chose them and he said, you're Bereshit, you're Shemos, you're Vayikra, you're Bamidba, you're Devarim. You're Avram, you're Yitzhak, you're Yaakov, you're Moshe, you're Aram. That's one measure. He's a different measure. He said, these five stones were called tsars. If you look in the parasha where, where the snake swallowed up Moshe Rabbeinu because he didn't give a brisk meal to his kids, she took a stone, it was a flint stone, not a flint stone, but a, a, a stone that's made out of flint and it was very, very, very sharp. You know, they, sometimes they show you in museums, you used to shoot arrows and the, the, the head, the arrowhead was like a very sharp flint rock. So a tsar is a rock it's made very, very, very sharp, like a, like, a, like a razor. So she, when she saw that the children... So it says she took out the tsar, she gave her two children a bris, and then Moshe Rabbeinu, the snake spit him out. There were five tsars in Klai Yisrael. Five of these stones. Avram had one, Yitzhak had one, Tzipporah, Moshe Rabbeinu's wife had one, and Yehoshua, when they got into Eretz Yisrael, they gave everyone bris mila, all the Jews, right? That first Pesach, I forgot what the place was called, Nebulim or something, right? He had two. That's what they used, these two tsars. There were five of these stones. Five of these stones that were made to do bris mila. The helmet that he was wearing, the giant, you knew nothing, not an arrow, not a spear, not a rock. It was made out of such thick copper, so heavy, that everything bounced off. It was much like a bulletproof helmet. Much like a bulletproof helmet. Dabar Melech knew this. And he knew that by using a slingshot with one of these stars, it would not penetrate the helmet. So the Medrash says, Dabar Melech made a deal. 
And he said to the helmet, to the copper of the helmet, he said, if when I shoot this rock, you open up and allow it to go into its forehead, where it was protected, and you allow it to penetrate you, even though it would bounce off, but you let that, as Hakaras HaTov, for you allowing this rock to penetrate and make a Kiddush Hashem, and in front of everyone and kill Goliaths, I will make sure that from now on, every bris milah will be made with metal. Mida Kenegin Mida. And the measure says, Kachoya, he shot the tsar, the metal opened up or became very soft, and it went through and it penetrated. And the Ramelah says, from this day on, because you did this for us, from now on, bris milah will always be done with steel. And as we know today, it's always done with metal. What's the pshat? Shots like this. You have a Kedusha, this stone. You're a Tsar, right? You're Kedusha. Now, this, this stone is now going to do a crazy Kedush Hashem. It's going to kill a giant. Let's make it right. So what's Hakar Satov? To the metal. Listen to how, where Hakar Satov goes. The stone is now going to become famous because it's going to penetrate his head. Where's Hakar Satov? To the metal. Now you're Brismila and you're the stone that killed Goliath. We have to have a karsatov. So the kedusha of the stone, now that the stone is going to be allowed to make a kedusha Hashem, you got to give up something to the metal. So the kedusha that the stone used to be will now be given to the metal, and from now on the metal will have a bismillah. The favorite Shemedrish. A karsatov for a stone, for a piece of metal doing him a favor and opening up. The kachoya, he fell to the ground. And David Amelech went to chop his head off. And the, he had never pulled his sword out yet because they didn't go to war yet. He hit him with the stone and his sword was locked. And the, the, the carrier, the weapons carrier was standing there. He had the key. And David Amelo said, if you give me the key and you let me take out his sword and chop his head off without giving me any problems, I will choose for you a beautiful Jewish girl to marry of course, if you become a, a, if you decide to become a ger, I will find you your shidduch. I will find you the most beautiful girl. I will make sure that she marries you. Says the medrash, in Shemayim. I told it to the girls this week. Said, who are you, a, a, a ben adam, to give my daughters away to make a deal with one of my Jewish daughters? Said Hashem. You want to give away one of my Jewish daughters to this weapon carrier? I'm going to take your shidduch. I'm going to take your zivug and I'm going to give yours away. You can't give anyone else's away because you, not cheaply, you, you decide you can, who was the weapons carrier? Uriah. Who was the shidduch that was given to him? Bacheva. David's zivug Rishon who he was supposed to marry with Bathsheba. Uriah ended up marrying Bathsheba. You know the story. He sent Uriah to the front who got killed. It was, I mean, we're now talking about Dabamel doing a sin, but that, this is something that was not looked upon very favorably, right? And the whole reason that he lost his Zivig Rishon was that, where do you have a right to give away a Jewish girl? You want to give away a Jewish girl? I'll take yours. The Kachoya Uriah became the weapons carrier, Hachiti, Uri Hachiti, he was a guy, right? Uri Hachiti became a gear and married Bet Shalom. 
who is David Amelos for a zivug. By Hashem, his children, you, you don't give them away. They're very, very precious to him. You don't give them away. So, I want to give here everyone a bracha, something that you should know for Shavuot's night, that the Kabbalah says, and I think that, I say it every year, and I have to tell you that anyone who doesn't listen to this is out of their mind, because if I was to, if I was to advertise that I, I can guarantee you that you're going to live for the whole next year, no matter what, you're definitely, till, till next Shavuot, you're going to be alive. If I could guarantee you that to every guy in this room, you, you'd pay me any amount of money. No, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to die this year. So, there's a Kabbalah and the Kabbalah says, I read it to you from inside. Kavyasha says, yes, I'll give you a guarantee that my next words will still be alive. A guarantee, no matter what. And he says the following. He says, It is correct for any person who fears and shakes before God. That you should learn the whole out of Shavuos. Which is what I say. It takes me about four hours. You can buy it in any in any storm store. The Yasku Batoru Navim Uksuvim Mishnayas, Uksas Mareya Zoya, the Tikkun is Chomish, Navi, Ksuvim, Mishnayas, and Zoya. The Yesh, Noyagim, lots of Tikkun Mishnay line of Shavuos. And there are people who hold that not only the first night of Shavuos, you stay up all night. The second night, most people don't do that. I do it. I hold the second night's bigger than the first night, because the first night everybody does it. The second night, very few people do it, right? So I'll tell you why I do it. That's not my Meshuggah, no? So another two minutes. I'm going to read to you for inside. This is from the Zayah. And he says the following. In the, the, the people, the, the great people who lived before us didn't sleep a whole night. And they learned Torah a whole night, right? And he says, Anyone who's a Shotif with the Shechina on the night of, of Shavuos, Lekashta Bikishutim. You are adorning the Shekhinah with jewelry. Because when you're learning that light, you should know. You will be watched up there and down here. You will go out of the year in peace. It says, You can't sleep for a second for this night. You have to be up a whole night. And learn Torah, but da, you should know, ki kol mishlo yoshem alayla azoyz, klau, a person who does not sleep on the night of Shavuos at all, afilu rega echad, not one second, you don't close your eyes for one second, you don't put your head on the table, you don't, viyo oisim v'tori kol alayla, and you're up all night learning, not talking, muftach lo, I guarantee him, shi yashlim shnosoy, he will finish his year, v'lo yiro lo yishem nezek v'shanahu, no damage can come to him in that year. The Lord, he says, not only that, how are you going to live out this year is taloi in this Indian. If you don't see it all, for sure you will not die that year. He says, you should know, you should know how, how, how precious it is to God. To a person who doesn't, what's the word nadam, doesn't doze off one second. You shouldn't talk about, you shouldn't talk, um, okay. And then he says at the end, you should know that the second night, right, is also very, 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 very important because the second night's really the night that we got the Torah, not the first night. 
because Hashem pushed it off. He pushed it off one day. So I have to tell you something. There was a person that I know who passed away a few years ago. He's, a, he's a, an unbelievable lamdan, an unbelievable tzaddik, an unbelievable lamdan, and it bothered me because there's no way that this guy slept Shavuos night, and he died that year, and it bothered me. I know this. I know this guy. He's a tamachacham. He learns almost every night, all night. I'm like, how, how could he have died? Someone that I knew very well. How could he have died? So I asked his son. By the by, the way, this past Shavuos, is your father up all night? So he thinks. He says, you know, this past Shavuos, my father wasn't feeling well. So after the meal, he told us that he's not feeling well, that he's going to sleep, and we should wake him up at 12.30 to go learn and he slept from like 10.30 to 12.30 I said okay thank you because when Kavi Yosha makes such a guarantee the attacker fell asleep he wasn't feeling well he said wake me up in two hours 12.30 wake me up and he learned the whole night but he slept that night so listen we try to do all kinds of stuff to stay alive here you have a haftacha. That means from when the sun sets. It doesn't mean at 12 o'clock you start. It means from when the sun sets until the sun rises. You're up a whole night. You're not talking to your friends. You're either davening or eating. You can eat. You're allowed to eat. You're davening, you're eating, and you're, and you're learning. If you're able to do that without mamish one second sleeping, you have a guarantee that not only you'll live out the year, but that nothing bad will happen to you that year. That's a pretty crazy guarantee. We should all be zeichet to... Malchus Sheba Malchus, which is Mashiach, um, next week, Mithashem, Tuesday night, right? It's tonight, Tuesday night in a week. So you can start preparing by every night learning two hours and the next night three hours. And by the time you get to Shavuos, it won't be a, it won't be a problem keeping five hours. But when you should have a good Yantif, and we should see each other, Mithashem and Eretz Yisrael. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.